Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kyla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us and become a part of our family. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Yes. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for today and for being able to come boldly into your presence, Lord, to stand before you and seek your face, Lord, and get guidance and counsel from you, Lord, to figure out the plan that you have for us, Lord, to guide us in our steps, Lord. And I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to guide each and every one of us, Lord, to minister to our needs, Lord, and to show us the things that you have for us in store, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you as we continue our study in 1 Corinthians. We are picking up exactly where we left off yesterday in chapter 8. And actually, uh, since there's a lot to discuss, can I get a volunteer to reread the entire chapter, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols... We know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we are all things, and through whom we live. However, there is not in anyone that knowledge. For some, with consciousness of the idol, until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, Will not the conscience of a man who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish from whom Christ died? But when you, but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes your, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I also make my brother stumble. Okay. So we're going to open it up to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is giving you to share and ask any questions that you have. All right? Okay. So who would like to begin? Go ahead, Promise. Okay, you can go. Oh, well, I had a question. Um, I'm not entirely sure where I heard this notion, but that if a believer eats at an unbeliever's house, it's the same principle as eating food offered to an idol just in modern terms. Is that correct? No. Because Peter did the same thing with Cornelius. He, he wasn't, still even with that, he wasn't eating 
foods of an island like we talked yesterday talked about yesterday what the Lord cleanses is cleansed. That's yes. right. That's right. Mm. Good good job, sir. Mm-hmm. And you. and that was in Acts ten. Oh, I I didn't know it by I know we talked about it. Yes. Kyle, it's a good question. I think connect that back to what your mother was saying yesterday too about watching what we ask. So be careful, right? So yes. even if even if they did have idol worship in their house, um, what we would consider the most despicable of all, if we just um, intentionally remain ignorant of that, so don't put ourselves in a place to have to worry about our conscience about the food that's there or what's done. So just take what is put before you and eat. I think that's what you even mm-hmm. referenced, wasn't it, Kamisha? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Not that. I'm not asking because I feel like I can't eat at anybody's house that's not a believer. I'm not saying that at all, but if you don't, anything can be easily become idolatry as we discussed yesterday. And, and it also goes to the motive as we talked about in Revelation, eating the food, eating the meat. Mm-hmm. It goes to the person's motives and intentions behind the consumption of the food or how it was prepared. Mm-hmm that we understand that and we are able to keep our motives and our intentions pure and mm-hmm. understand where we're coming from and also still remain in that liberty that God has given us. And right. of course, the Lord is not saying like, unless he says so, like don't eat at that person's house, but he's not saying that you should shun the unbeliever because God ate with the sinners and the people that we would think as the lowliest mm-hmm. in the sense he ate with them. And he was able to reap them into the harvest versus right. being harsh and cruel to them because they needed a savior just like everybody else. And right. their sin was no greater than anyone else's. Right. And he also wasn't going there to take advice or opinions from them either. He went there with a specific purpose yes. sent and, and sent by the Holy Spirit to do that because we know that he didn't do anything unless he was unctioned by the Holy Spirit. He didn't say anything unless that's what the Holy Spirit told him to say. Um, and he said, I, I only do the things that I see my father do, and I say the things I hear my father say. So um, being mindful of that, what's the perspective that we're taking in that that company, as well as just whatever, what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? And that's fine. Um, God telling us, you know, we, I think we were talking about um, before the recording, how God ministers to us on every level of our being. We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And of Israel not to eat certain these particular items for them. There's that, the health-wise, most naturally introducing it to protect them. Well, we know our God is fully wise, so he doesn't go, we're just going to do it by spiritual means, and that's enough. No, he gave them natural means as well, right? And the bigger implication is obedience, so he also understood what's the custom of what's happening in the area at the time. They are sacrificing these things to idols, and I've asked you not to partake in that, so of course I don't want you to do that, right? Which is yes. would, would be the soulish realm, your conscience being seared with a hot iron by doing things God told you not to do, and then there's the spiritual. You don't want to open the door to the enemy. You always want to stay in tune and in alignment with God. So even with the people around us, this is something God told me that really helped me because I was like, well, Lord, how do I know when to do and not to do? Where am I going? What's okay and what's not? And he said, walk in love. Walk in love. 
and hear the spirit of the Lord. Walk in love. Not be nice, because those are two different things. But walk in love, which is where this starts out. Chapter 8, verse 1. We know things. But if you, you keep accumulating knowledge, it eventually puffs up. And if that's to apply that knowledge correctly, making it wisdom, giving us wisdom, right? But also helps us to build up the people around us, not dep- deprive them of the good things of God, not push them away, not even solidify them in wrongdoing, but it builds them up. So for example, um, verse 10 talks, says, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? So if they're like, well, they know the Lord and I'm meeting you at the same place I'm hanging out, be right. This must be the way to go. Well, God doesn't want that, right? That would, that would go along yes. those lines. Life producing for them. Correctly, recall correctly. If not, correct me, please. If it was, if, say, if you were invited to someone's house, right? That was the example that you gave? Yes. Okay, so we'll give you a couple of scriptures. Luke 10, 8. Jesus says, If you enter a town and they welcome you, eat whatever is set before you. Right? So it denotes that you have been welcomed or invited to their house. And then another example, a little ahead of where we are in Corinthians, but it's 1 Corinthians 10, 27. Right? Paul specifically addresses if an unbeliever, or not yet a believer, invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat anything set before you. Right? Why? Because we know that even if it was food sacrificed to idols, it doesn't affect us, right? We ask the Lord to bless our food, mm-hmm. we Christians, believers, mm-hmm. right? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his blood, right? He keeps us pure, spotless, and blameless before him. However, I will say this, and you brought this up, honey. Walk in love. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because even if there is, a say, a trap set before you, isn't the Holy Spirit going to reveal those things? Yes. yes. Okay. And you may not know the why, but if, you, if we just live our lives in tune and following the Holy Spirit's lead, as we're supposed to, right? Those that are led by the Spirit. But it does, in fact, come from the evil one, the devil, Satan, the adversary. Does that help yes. answer your question a little bit? Go ahead, Dean. I was recently listening to a teaching by Tim Mackey with the uh, Bible Project. Okay. And um, it, was an, it was a neat way of thinking about things conceptually. And he was, um, well, well, let me say it this way. This is what I took from it. I don't want to say that he said this. Okay. Um, okay. So, but he, what I took from it was if you're, if you're looking at the Bible as a golden book that has dropped down from heaven, with a set of rules and regulations for you to live by, you're you're missing it. There's it's much more to it than that, mm-hmm. and so um, we have to bring our discernment into it, Kyle. I think it's an important thing. Um, there have been times when I'm with a group of people, usually with men, and um, maybe a racial slur is used or a racial joke is expressed. Um, 
or something derogatory about women or whatever. And there are times when the Holy Spirit is like, say something, right? And there's times where it's like, um, it's just probably time for you to leave, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's my quiet way in those times of um, not being willing to continue in relationship with you in this moment, not forever, but just in this moment because of your behavior that I can't agree with, but I don't need to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. And there's other times when it's like, no, this isn't acceptable. I was recently with some Christian brothers, and uh, one of the brothers made a comment about a TV show. Um, I don't need to get into it, but I was just like, I knew where he was going. Uh, um, I was familiar with the show and the type of content that was on the show, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be doing this. And he kept going. I said, really, brother, you don't need to be doing this, and he continued to persist. And and then when everybody at the table laughed, and it was mm-hmm. for me, it doesn't have to emphasize that and what the spirit and all that we're doing are we really walking in step with what christ would have us do and apply that across the board don't look at this as a rule book of what to eat and what not to eat or you know what idol to yeah to speak up about or not to speak up about it's not that's not what we're being taught here we're, we're being reminded that we're called out of the world we're set apart people and we're set apart first and foremost that we have access unlimited straight access to god almighty through the holy spirit that we can be guided by him in everything that we do and have that wonderful relationship with him in that intimate fellowship and that's what he wants us to get from that and that Mm -hmm. will take us into all the other things then we take this and we look at it as what are the principles what are the characters of god what are all the other things that i'm hearing with this that help me confirm what i'm hearing Mm -hmm. is clear and that emboldens me to move forward, either to speak up or to say nothing or give me the peace just to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that you're talking, I mean, that's verse, verse six of this. Yet for us, there's one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Mm-hmm. The lovingness of God, and back to verse three, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him, which is a beautiful thing. Exactly. It's not about laws and rules and regulations. It's not about food or lack of food, as in fasting. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's not about those things. Paul makes that very specific. Food does not commend us to God. Mm-hmm. So eating very specific things or having a very specific diet is not what is the... or does not culminate in your salvation. Right, and Jesus talks about that. He says it's not what goes in the man that defiles him, because it goes in, so he's like... Is dressed the fact. He says, "Is this not there's a difference? So mm-hmm. it's not whether you eat or what you eat so much, right? Although the Lord does give clear instructions on that, but again, we have to know the Lord's thoughts and His ways. There are, as and Dean, you brought this up yesterday. There are certain foods that just have no nutritional value. They're not good for you, which which is part of the reason the Lord's saying, "Hey, eat these things, right?" As temptation and and all that, we had need of it. Mm-hmm. H- hence the, the plagues that came as a result of just told the children of Israel wash your hands when you come because he was so ultimately concerned your hands are dirty you can't come talk to me <laughs> they didn't care about that but he knew because he already committed to give them good health you need this in the natural as well just mm-hmm. the goodness and the wisdom of our God 
Yeah, and one of the places where you were talking about Jesus and him making calling out the Pharisees about that was in my morning devotion this morning. So it was in Mark seven and verse fifteen is where some of that is. But mm-hmm. I just want to be clear on that too. He wasn't saying that we shouldn't wash our hands and have good hygiene. Right. He was saying your ritualistic way of approaching it exactly are the laws and rules you've made up as men mm-hmm. that aren't consistent with God's nature, absolutely, and God's character and God's desire for us. Right. And so they were taking things to use it. They took what God said and added to it and manipulating it to make it a way to exclude other people and put them in bondage or keep them from being, quote unquote, worthy. Well, God is always about our heart. Well, they, they did it to exalt themselves and to get what they wanted, because this is a section where he talks about making things Corbin, in which actually contradicts what you would, since they're taking care of your parents, you mm-hmm. supposedly devoted things to God so you could mm-hmm. keep them for yourself and then later call them back to yourself. I mean, so he goes into <laughs> great detail here about all that, mm-hmm. which goes back to the heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants us to, God is merciful, Ex- wants and expects us not legalistic. Kind of God. He's not. He's not. He's a good God, and through the Spirit that He reflected in us. So, you got some honey? I was just going to comment on your... Oh, oh go ahead, Dad. I can the thing about knowledge, and actually, you, you've already kind of brought it out, right? The Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes had all this immense knowledge about the Word, right? They studied it out. Memorized <coughs> it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Excuse me. Yes, they memorized it. But their heart was so far from the Lord, and it was what he and, and actually John the Baptist before him kept addressing, right? Was how their hearts were so far from the Lord, right? You clean the, and Jesus said, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside is, is dirty as all get out. I'm paraphrased, of course, right? But, <laughs> but that's what he was getting at, right? It, it looks nice from the outside, but what's on the inside? What is, what is your actual thoughts I'll say feelings and emotions even, towards the Lord, right? Is, is He the desire of our hearts? And out of our love, our desire is to be obedient to Him, to what mm-hmm. He is speaking to us and has spoken through His Word that has been passed down? Is, is that our desire? Or is it to do our own thing and then to use the Word or twist and manipulate the Word mm-hmm. to ultimately... Fulfill our own lusts and desires. Because mm. we see that a lot as well. And th- again, as I said yesterday, there's nothing new under the sun. It's happening today. It happened then. Mm-hmm. This is something that we, I for myself, you for yourself, must continually check our heart before the Lord and make sure that we are right and in good standing, if you will, before Him. And we can't do it of ourselves. Our mm-hmm. righteousness is but filthy rags. Amen. And allowing him to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going back to what Mr. Dean was saying. Why people would have like this of something mommy said to me a long time ago. Um, when I was younger, I thought, oh, yeah, I want to get a tattoo. Because you see like people that say they're believers and they get like scriptures and everything on your body, on their body. But mommy said if you truly love the lord and you studied god's word why would you need it written on your skin why do you need that reminder in your skin you should know it in your heart and for me the same premise goes with the cross like you mentioned mommy there are several people that died on the cross before and after christ Mm -hmm. because that was the style of the day 
the Roman punishment. <laughs> it was. And it's not a thing to be revered. The thing to be revered is Christ, and Christ is no longer on the cross. That's right. And he's not defined by the cross either. It, your salvation doesn't come from there. And that Jesus should be the object of our affection, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't need a reminder of what he did because us living is a reminder enough of what God has already done. That's right. He, mm-hmm. he said that he wanted his law to be written on our hearts, right? Yes. And, um, yeah, that, that's always interesting. I'm getting this on here for you, Jesus. But it's also a monument or an invisible chains, if you will. That person's bound by that now. And it's not always, sure, it looks great because you have scripture or whatever, but now you're enslaved to that and also who wrote it on your body because art is an expression of the individual so again is god mad at people who have tattoos no no he no, loves them as long as jesus christ there's more to anybody else but we are the temple of the lord we are god's temple and despite the grace of God, you can't get away from the fact that we are God's temple. And as we, we know what God desires, as we see that in his word and we Im- implement that in our lives, we enjoy his grace that he's given us, no doubt. And we still remember what he's already said to us because that is how we honor the Lord, by doing the things that he's already asked us to do. And something God has taught me that I've, I've learned through my life is He's more pleased when I just do what he asked me to do (laughs) than when I come up with a good idea and go, here, God, I made this for you. Yay. But then I've neglected the very thing that he's actually asked me to do. So just saying, you know, he wants us to meditate in his law day and night. When he told them to bind it to their hands, it wasn't marking in their skin. He meant make it so a part of you that even you know it like the back of your hand. You're looking at it daily. This is in your mind. As often as you're looking at your hand, you're thinking of the word of God. As often as you, you know, you make it a frontlet between your eyes. Did he want them to scribble something? No. He actually told them the opposite. Mm -hmm. He did tell them not to mark their bodies because that was a custom of idolatry. and, and slavery. So God said that for our benefit. Not because he hates people with tattoos. No, he loves us all. He died for everyone. But even still, as we we look into the perfect law of the Lord, which is the law of love, right? As we look into his word, as we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he is more interested in what we do with our body as a result of what's in our heart than what we're marking and putting on it. He'd rather just us walk with him. And then save a little bit of money in the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure that the and that is some, you know, it's judgment, condemnation being placed on anybody being said, mm-hmm. right? And um, uh, sodomites and all, and just trying mm-hmm. to remember that you know, sin is sin in God's eyes, right? So we're That's not right. not trying to place. We're trying to flesh out mm-hmm. um, what God's word is saying to us, in that um, for the listener, um, you know, it's just a safe place to express that. Again, mm-hmm. and that's why I always say, encourage you to reach out to the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is blessing you, uh, please reach out. Let us know how it's blessing you. Mm-hmm. If it's raising questions, if you think that the doctrine or the teaching that's being uh, mentioned here is incorrect, uh, please challenge it. Please bring scripture to us. Help us. We're all open mm-hmm. to have what that is. But nobody's trying to label mm-hmm. 
anybody any way in that. I mean, we could we could sit here and be legalistic and pick it all apart. You, you talked about being marked for slavery. So is piercing. Absolutely. So even having your ear pierced was mm-hmm. a symbol of slavery, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you're willingly putting yourself in slavery. So do we want to mm-hmm. get into that? We, we don't. So we have to be really careful mm-hmm. and, and, and hold, ev- hold with grace everyone in where they are and trust that God knows what he's doing with their life. We don't have to figure it out for them. Yes. So, uh, but just a reminder to reach out to the ministry with that with a, a day of prayer at yahoo.com. So if you have any mm-hmm. questions or comments or anything about anything that's being taught, we'd love your feedback. Good, bad, mm-hmm. indifferent, mad, it doesn't make any difference. Please be participative, participative in this process, mm-hmm. even if it's through email. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This, this, the reason the Lord had us do it in this way, right? Is it's an open discussion. We're all learning and growing together, right? Please bring your questions, comments, concerns. Like it, it's okay. We're gonna love you just the same if it's a uh, pleasant or you know if you know you may be a little upset in the moment. Like mm-hmm. you know that that's just that's part of life. We we get that. Um. Um. But plenty of friends have lots of tattoos. Uh, that for covered in <laughs> that are like it's not just socks or. Or anything. I mean, like, legs, everything is done. And, you know, the Lord loves them just the same. Mm-hmm. Or whether they had that or nothing. Um, mm-hmm. It's an individual choice. And it doesn't matter if it's scripture or if it's not. Right? The Lord still loves them. All right? Um, as I look back, even in, in Ezekiel, right? We'll bring it to scripture. And then I'll, I'll make a couple more comments. Ezekiel 9, 4 there's a, a very significant thing that happens, right? And of course, the Lord is uh, utilizes Ezekiel to pronounce judgment. But the Lord says something very interesting. He says, um, there was this angel, right? Uh, or sorry, he's described in Ezekiel as a man clothed in linen who had a writer's inkhorn at his side. And then that's in verse 3. And in verse 4, the Lord says to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done with it. And then to the other angels, he says, go after them throughout the city and kill them. Now that your eyes spared you not have any pity. All right, old and young, maidens, little children and women, but don't come near anyone with the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began at the elders who were before the temple. So I'll say this, we, honey, you say this all the time, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we are in a body, Mm -hmm. which is true. If I am Christ, if I am in Christ, then I am Christ. I am his bondservant, Mm -hmm. and he is free to do with me what he will. Mm -hmm. So, real thing, you can't see the mark, marked in Christ, spiritually, Christ. What need then do I have to put on my body? For me, the more important thing is that Christ marked me. And, and better yet, though, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. If I don't need you to, to be able to recognize that I'm a Christian by a mark on my body. Mm-hmm. You should be able to recognize that I'm a Christian, not just by the words I say, but by my faith. The fruit. And, and the fruit, the mm-hmm. action, the corresponding action of my faith long before you even see me mm-hmm. or know me if it takes for you to see me and see that i have a mark on to 
to know that I am Christ and in Christ and led by his Holy Spirit, then clearly I'm doing things wrong. Hmm. Then I'm not fully living or living as I should fully for the Lord. If, if it takes a, an outward mark to identify me as a, a believer of Christ, hmm. <laughs> like, you know, just, again, this is me personally, but, you know, I would all but be offended if someone had, are you a Christian? Like, if you even had to ask the question, like, I would be saddened and disheartened because then I would have to fully check myself and say, well, wait, why can this individual not... Don't they know already? What is it about me that that is, I'll say, a cause for question or pause that they weren't able to easily and readily identify that I am Christ, that I am his servant? Not just me. Hmm. But I think it's something that we all have to to look at or examine ourselves in a matter. example, the Lord Mark, and all these, I have no, none. Because Christ already did it. It is good. Mm-hmm. And you know, honey, as parents, we have, and to everybody listening, we have four young people um, in, our, in our lives that we're raising up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And there's always a, I'll say, a trend in the world where everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that, everybody's doing this. And if you don't have it, you're not in. If you don't... Uh, you don't have one of these, you're not a part of the crowd. You're not a part of the, and it has to be okay for us to stand where God has placed us. And we have to have confidence in who we are in Jesus Christ. And where do you get that if not from your parents? Right? Yes. In this household, that's how we operate. They get their, their initial identity and in realizing who they are in Jesus Christ from us. Because that's how God has set it up as parents to children. Um, Deuteronomy 6 uh, I believe Deuteronomy 6, um, you know, how we're supposed to train our children. Talk about the Lord as we walk about, um, walk through the way. Is that Deuteronomy 6? As you get up and as you lay down. Right. They're supposed to learn from us who they are. Deuteronomy 6 and 7. Okay. And understand what they have in Jesus Christ. So you have no reason to run after things of the world. Now, and you also know if God's telling you to do something, your mom and your dad are all about it. Go do what the Holy Spirit said. He's also going to bear witness with us because that's how he set up the dynamic of this household. But as far as someone in the world pressuring you to do something or you saying, I like that over there. Let me go conform myself to that. Because you are set apart for Jesus Christ. And it's our job as your parents to tend and keep the garden that God has assigned us over that the Lord is fiercely <laughs> people in way we're fierce about that give ground to with them. and what if children see their parents eating in the temple of idols the conscience being emboldened in chapter and verse 10 there's also the example that we set for the children coming mm-hmm. after us um there's a, a little anecdote about ham uh, a mother cooked a ham, and every time she cooked the ham, she chopped the, the top of the flank off and put it in the pot. And then her daughter was like, well, don't do that. We chop that off all the time and cook the ham. And she was asked why. Maybe it was her daughter that asked, why do we do that? And she's like, well, I don't know. Then eventually she got back to her mother where she got the custom from and asked, why do we do this? We take this part of the ham off and we throw it away. And the daughter thought, 
there was some important reason we can't eat that part or something must be, you know, it's not good. It's something's wrong with it. This must be that way. And when she went back to her mother, she found out I just didn't have a pot big enough. My pots were too small and the ham wouldn't fit. So I had to cut this portion off to cook it. So you see the customs that we start don't always come with an explanation of why. And so the generations that come after us pick them up and carry them out. And they begin to, you can see how through generations, this habit can be repeated. And is it leading them to life or leading them somewhere else? In, in reference to the scriptures that we're talking about, um, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 10. So what we do does matter because the generations after us are watching. Now we have spiritual generations, but we also have natural generations. And then we have combined which you four are, you are a combined generation. You are a spiritual generation, but you're also a natural generation. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So we don't go, you'd go, well, we always do. But um, in this scripture that. I Nine, well, really seven through the end of the chapter. Paul is really discussing Christian liberty and the result. Right, the result is to not make the brother stumble, which is why he asked the question in verse 11 because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? Mm -hmm. So, just because you're free, is your freedom a stumbling block for others? Right, and then in verses 12 and 13, 12, I think is, is really key. Well, when you thus sin against the brethren, in other words, put a stumbling block, right? Something that you're not yet free from in your life, All right? Whether it's a Christmas tree, as we brought up yesterday, <laughs> or, or a certain type of food or drink, whatever it is, right? He says that you sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, but beyond that, you sin against Christ. And then in verse 13, he clarifies it. If food makes my brother stumble, that's an example, right? If food is the issue, then, like, and specifically them eating meat is what he's saying. Then I'll never eat meat again, right? With that person in front of that person, right? Yes. Okay. This isn't the first time Paul has said this. In his letter or epistle to the Romans, in chapter 14, Paul writes about this exact thing, Christian liberty or the law of liberty. And, and I'm not going to read it because it's the entirety of chapter 14. And actually, I'll say the first seven verses of these examples. All right? They might hold a certain day and it might be every day. Food or eating and drinking again. For where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. yes. But then in verse 14 to the end of that, of chapter 14, he's talking about love. That's exactly what you brought up, honey. Walking in love. Right? And in verse 22, he asks the question, do you have faith? And then there's this key part. Have it to yourself before God. Right? I don't need to advertise what I'm doing. Right? Yes. I don't need to condemn myself as a result. That's what he says. Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. 
And then in 15, he, he expounds even more you know, or continues the thought and says, in other words, he's warning us, bear with one another, right? Yes. Bear with those that are weak, essentially, is what he's saying. Ultimately, so that, and this is verse 6, that we all, Christians, believers, with one mind and one mouth glorify the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, therefore, receive one another. So as a result of what he's saying in this part, not, I encourage you to go read it and, and study it out on your own and let the Holy Spirit minister to you in that. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, says, Receive one another just as Christ received us to the glory of God. How did he receive us? While we were yet sinners. Mm-hmm. But he patient with He's discussed example. Like, you should know about these things. That what's what the Lord taught is no different for us. We should know what the Lord is teaching. But just because someone hasn't arrived to the same place or level or belief or thought that you have yet, be patient with them. Walk in love. And let the Holy Spirit guide you in what to say and what to do. Because it's the goodness of the Lord that, yes, brings men to repentance but also that he works in and draws us closer to himself. Mm-hmm. Anyone have any comments or thoughts or questions they want to share? Oh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that, honey. I mean, and like as you were saying that, you also see the element of here of Paul teaching them that walking in love is also to bring peace and unity. So you're sitting at a table and you're mad because this one is eating meat and this one only has vegetables. You know how easy that is when we see a a speck in our neighbor's eye to be offended or upset about that. And now we've allowed dissension to come in or strife to come in. When if we yield to one another if in the way of preferring one another, not being willing to be a stumbling block to them, how that unifies. And that's what Christ is looking for, right? Yes. Um, within his body, unity within his body, and not even allowing the simplest things of what you eat and what you don't eat be something that tears us apart as the body of Christ. Absolutely. All right, well, if there's no further questions, we're going to pause there for today. And, um, and, and again, if you have any questions, right, or you to hearing from, or, or if you, there's something you have questions, anytime. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. Lord, we just thank you for having had this opportunity to gather together, God, and to study your word, God. And we thank you for being a good and a gracious God and that you've given us liberty, God, that you've set us free and that you keep us free, God. Mm-hmm. We thank you for opening our eyes to things that may have kept us bondage in the past, but that you've delivered us from, God. And we thank you that you're no longer on the cross, God, but you're raised and seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just declare that you're the object of our affection, God, and that you're our, our di- identity, God, and that you're our source of comfort, and that we don't need anything but you, God, and that you take care of our natural needs mm-hmm. as long as we trust in you. 
And we just thank you for our listeners and our partners, God, that you do everything that you said you would and that you have good for them, God, and that you continue to keep them and to prosper them, God. Mm-hmm. And we just thank you in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.